You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Hey everybody, welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. And the good news is, now that the regular season started, we've all decided, you know what, let's all be here. So, uh, Matt Beck, I'm proven to be most of the time your host, Evan Valella. Good to see you, good to be seen. Wacky week in MLS, but we'll talk about that. Um, let's see. He froze his ass off outside for you. Well, not for you, but because that's his gig. But Paul Katrina Jr. is here. I froze my ass off at the Philadelphia Union game because I like money and I like soccer. Yep. Uh, and I also like hearing all the referees on a hot mic. They say some funny things. And, yeah, great to be back. Yeah, good to, good to have you. Um, he's okay that the team in yellow and black this week uh, lost. It's Justin Ashcraft. <laughs> Yes, I'm okay with that team losing. Yeah. Uh, what's up? How's everybody doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm great. Excellent. Visual for an audio. Uh, Chuck Booth has not taken off his MLS season pass hoodie since last week because <laughs> he is now just a shill for the league. Uh, but he's here. Chuck, how's how's it going? Did you watch enough content this week? Um, my eyes hurt, but yeah. it's worth it for the improved picture quality. It does look good. It looks real good. It looks um, really unfortunately good. in some cases, um, like Vancouver, I wish it didn't look so good because that made my eyes hurt. Mm. Mm. You need those mm. blue light glasses. We just well, I just mean we don't need to see um everyone's shitty turf uh in Ultra mm. HD. In four K Ultra HD. That too. Well bad news, I think. There's going to be some more of that this year. Oh yeah. Um, I guess I can I can we divert real quick? I want to talk about Jared Stroud. Okay, and I hold, know on, this hold, on. Union now, hold on a second. If we commit yeah. to this rebrand here, all right. What would we name the pro- podcast if we only started talking about Jared Stroud? Um. Okay. It, it it's a little bad. Oh damn it! We're, well, all right, we're not all dads, but four four Stroud papas. <laughs> no notes. Uh, I'll okay, start designing right, it right now. Good. Okay, continue with your tangent. Go on. What is um, our new angle here? I love the fact that he called for the ball against the team that he played for last year and got it and scored. Yeah, that was maybe one of the greatest like des- defensive breakdowns I've ever seen. And it yeah. has to be from muscle memory, right? Well, it's just from like, oh, that guy plays here. And then, you know, he passes it back and it's like, oh, shit, no, he doesn't. And now I want, I, I'm worried that MLS is going to put a rule in that you can't do that. And I, I don't want it to happen because I need more, I need more vague cheating in, in the league. You in, in, oh, in like the harmless way, team. not not like the inner Miami or, or LAFC way where they just they find money randomly. How would you even begin yeah. to enforce a hey, you used to play adjacent to this guy? Yeah, you're not you allowed to pass to him. him to him ever. Mm-hmm. 
You, like, just, you just can't talk. You know to who other. else would enforce that rule? Probably your coach and your boss. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, congratulations to St. Louis City FC SC, uh, OC for winning their first game. Uh, Jared Stroud. Um Also winning their first game of the season, Philadelphia Union 4, Columbus Crew 1. Well, I guess technically Philadelphia Union 5, Columbus Crew nil, but the goals were dispersed differently. Um, maybe if you score 25 minutes into a game, don't do the shush to the away crowd the first week of MLS. Well, even better is like with your like third when you didn't goalkeeper. score the goal. Like, well, yeah. I, I like Cucho Hernandez, and I thought that, and at least I assumed that that ball was intentional, that um, everyone was expecting a shot, and he just kind of, like, pokes it into the mm-hmm. box um, that unfortunately ends in a Glasnow's own goal. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're just asking for a beatdown when you already don't have your first-choice goalkeeper and... Yeah. Most of people watching the game can't recognize more than half of your lineup. I mean, <laughs> it's it. It only goes to further the narrative that the only people that can beat Andre Blake are his teammates in practice in situations or in these mm. brief glints moments, where Jacob Glesnus is just a brilliant striker of the ball. And yeah. I'll tell you what, he really just got the better of Andre Blake there. And that's okay, because that's really petty for Columbus to not have their first goal scored by someone on their team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the moment, he, the moment he taunted the crowd, they cracked their beer, and they decided to just play exactly how they've been playing all of last season, which is some mm-hmm. of the most beautiful soccer I've seen Philadelphia play ever. It took... Took them a while to get to. Yeah. That but once part. they got there, the didn't it look half. like they didn't miss a beat? Like yes, their passing style um, is insane. Their off the ball movement I guess is at divine. What, like, at what point during the game to you did they get to that point? Because they needed a lot of help to get there for me. I don't think they got there before the first goal. I think they grinded really hard for the first goal. I don't think it was like a uh, it, evident in the first half. Uh, at probably about 60 minutes in, you kind of got the feeling that the passing was a lot cleaner. Uh, even with Martinez putting so many bad passes forward, uh, he had the one moment of brilliance to open up the second goal, which was great. But like, man, that guy needs to not distribute forward and just be a lateral presence there because there was a lot of them. If you go back and look in that second half, he did not pass the ball well. Uh, yeah, Justin, thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I I might go, I might be the hot take. I might be the hot take. Be the I hot don't take. Think, I don't think they ever got there, and hmm. not to oh, say no, that you're that's... not the hot take. <laughs> I I um. I agree with you. I just mostly, I think they got there at the 80th minute, yes. which we'll discuss later. Yep. Okay. 
I mean, I think they got there on two passes. Like that's that was it. That was sure. That was the majority of the game right there. Uh, was two passes that got put into perfect. Uh, and and maybe you put that on Carranza to say he made the run that he needed and they they should be making. But uh, I don't know that I don't know that this game ever hit a high that I was like, oh, the Union are back. Um, but but that also means the Union are back. But that also means the Union are back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Especially when you look at last season, they have seven goal and six goal performances. It's kind of hard to go right out of the gate and be like, they haven't, you know, they're the greatest team in the league right now. That's not mm. what that performance was. Um, a lot of their goals too last season were as direct as getting into space and hitting those passes, which is equally effective as playing the passing style that they like to do and build up to that spot in the 18. But, uh, you know, you take you take four goals and you look at other teams yep. who uh, were supposed to be offensive juggernauts and they can't even yes. get themselves to two against yep. reasonable opponents. You like that start because Union first games have not been great in recent seasons. <laughs> not at well, all. And I think to your point, Paul, like, did we see vintage Philadelphia Union, air quotes, vintage Philadelphia Union uh, soccer of the last couple of years. Uh, you know, they didn't care about possession. So in that sense, yeah, for sure. It still doesn't matter. Um, they scored four goals. Does the scoreline flatter that a little? The actual performance, probably. I think they got worked pretty well in the first half. Um, but what they did do, to your point, is they scored four goals, the other team scored one, and this first week especially, and I think we'll see it in the first month across the league, a lot of goofy stuff's just going to happen. Um, and so the fact that the Union weren't the team that absolutely had the wheels fall off and had uh, a World Cup winner just dunk on them twice in eight minutes at the end of the game to steal a win, I'll take that. <laughs> at- Beyond I mean, filthy those, from Almeida. Those goals were amazing. God, um, in, in Jesus. <laughs> I, I wonder, I mean, I do wonder how the game goes if that handball in the first half isn't called. Yeah. Um, because while I don't believe that it's a handball the VAR can actually overturn, and um, I don't think that it's a handball that should have been called on the field in the first place. Mm. Obviously, being a union podcast, uh, we will take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is but fine. This, this team never should have gone into the half with a lead. The, I mean, with, with things level, the way that they were playing. And that just does seem like a demoralizing moment for Columbus that just then changed uh, how everything else went. And obviously the union had to do good things and keep Columbus from scoring to keep that going but that pk definitely was a, just like such a game-changing moment when mm-hmm. the crew genuinely played the best half that they could have with their personnel against the union i mean the, the, no both Blah. both handballs were get it out were no. maybe questionable 
But I actually, in both of them, can see the validity of the ref's argument to call it. Uh, I think when, and I don't even remember the defender's name who turned around and got the handball in the first one, when he was kind of back-facing to the ball or not turning towards uh, Wagner or whoever hit that ball, um, his hands were at his side. And then he turned around and looked at Wagner and stuck his hands up at his face and it hit his elbow kind of in the place where his elbow would have been had he kept his hands down. <laughs> and so I kind of like, I understand why the ref's calling that because as he's turning toward Wagner to do whatever, he raises his hands to his face and, and then it hits off his elbow. And so I think if he keeps his hands down there and it hits basically in the same spot that it would have hit, had he not raised his hands, it's not called there. Yes. But because he raised his hands, it's called. I agree. Uh, and so I think, like, I don't – there's part of me that, like, okay, if Gleznes did that or Elliot did that, would I want it called? No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. As a Union <laughs> right. fan, I'm going to be like, no, don't call that. But as a purist of the game, I don't want defenders to be able to block their face, I guess and not get handballs called because it hits off their elbow while their hands are at their face. You know, I just, you know, if you're talking about the hand roll, a handball roll of your hands need to, needing to be in a natural position, that's not a natural position. Yeah, and it's also making yourself bigger in front of the defender, yeah. which was the direct argument for the referees to make the call in the first place. He turns and faces the, sh- the shot, and he makes himself bigger by doing that with his arms. That is the main reason it was called. And like Chuck said, it's hard enough with that information there to completely overturn that because of the legality of the rule. You make yourself bigger. It hits your arm. You've impeded the shot. And the important thing is that it's a shot on target. If it's not a shot on target, that's a different story because they will take that into consideration with a VAR call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, I see. I understood why the first one was called right up there on the field. The second one being called, uh, I thought that one was a reach just a bit. But, like, again, it's for the same rule, and therefore, if that's just the rule, I'm living with it. I can live with that if it's a union instance or an opposite team instance. Uh. Second union goal, it's it's easy. Uh, Martinez, who for all of the um, kind of rightful, like uh, his distribution, he he wins. Like I think, well, I mean at least two, but three or four or five balls in the midfield that directly spring union on counter attacks, and so second goal, Bedoya gets it wide, and then it's just easy enough. Carranza with the tap, and I honestly thought he was going to. F it up the way he hit it. I love but, that you said easy enough for that Carranza finish. That was not it, an easy well, finish for he, Carranza. He didn't make it look easy, but he it, it got right to him. Yeah, it, it was, was Carranza's fault that he put himself in that situation. He like yeah. overran his rad, but like yeah. the weird chip of his foot at it to get it in. Clever. It, it was very clever. It shows how damn good of a striker he really is. Yeah. <laughs> he made up for the Offside chance that he just completely blew. Yeah. <laughs> How do you because, miss that? I mean, the, you you just have to chalk that up to uh, 
just first game jitters because like that's not something that he misses and it's like it's really hard for kind of any striker to miss that um the only he did it the only thing that i put that up to is it was he he must have got a glance of the flag going up out of the corner of his eye Mm. and just was lazy about it because he knew it was probably going to be off anyway uh but I don't think that's, that's what actually happened. I, uh, I, st- I want to go back and check the tape on that. I think he threw his hands up. I think he was maybe a little frustrated there. So, I, I mean, I would certainly hope he's always trying to put it in the net. But if you're going to be lazy oh, yeah. about no, it, he was pretty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was pretty frustrated visibly yeah. after missing it, as he should be. Yeah, like if you don't care about the shot, that's one thing. And you sail it out and you're just like, ah, whatever. You know, that I, yeah. I can take that. You're a striker, and you actually genuinely missed that. You might have to make up for it later, and sure enough, he did. I mean, the reality for me, the first half of the game, like nobody, nobody on that Union team was into the game yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe with the exception of Martinez, I think Martinez was was in it from the beginning. But I think nobody else was really into that game yet in the first half, and. Maybe maybe later towards the end of the first half, but I think so many times in the first half, it was like, I mean, so many times. It was just like dump and chase hockey. It was like, let's just kick it down the mm-hmm. field and see if Carranza or Ure can get on the end of it with really no attempt to, and I know this isn't the union, but like no attempt to play it through the midfield, no attempt to get through possession. Like it, it was the first 15 minutes of the game. I don't think the union touched the ball more than 10 times because every time it was just like, Oh, let's dump it down the field. Cool. Well, fun, get it. Funny they enough, they called 10 fouls on the Union in the first 15 minutes of the game. <laughs> Everyone was so worried about getting a yellow card, it basically put them into absorb mode to like feel out Columbus's physicality because they, mm, right. they wanted to see if Columbus was going to get called for the same shit. And the thing is, they never pressed them as hard as the Union do because the Union press you hard. So, yeah, it definitely shifted their mindset. Like, they had to go a little more direct. And I don't know if that's, like, a uh, like a defense mechanism kind of thing. Like, they just, you know, felt like the ref was not working in their favor, so they tried to just get get a quick punch. Or if that's a game plan from Jim, if there's, like, an overly assertive referee. But, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't pretty in those first, like, 35, 40 minutes of that game. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, they were certainly held back a bit because of how much their physicality was being taken by the referee as, like, hey, you need to stop getting these guys, you know? And it's like, we're not. We're going for 50-50 balls here. And it's like, really, some incidental contact is happening. And you sort of saw that shift. I mean, I think once the crew cut... Um, once they started getting called for kind of the same stuff, yeah, then that's where the union kind of okay, fine, it's going both ways, so let's let's just play our game. Um, third goal, another kind of iffy. I like, I don't, uh, I think this one was more iffy than the first one. I don't know what you want, uh, Dejanek to do here, is my thing. Again, I think he, on that one, he was down. like legit making himself bigger 
and that this is where definitely it is even interesting to see like kind of how hard these calls are to make because mm -hmm. two of us are like this is iffy and others are just like well no i get it um and referees are the same way because they are still people yep. um and these calls um even if you want to say that they're black and white they're not they are subjective and you yeah. have to make a determination of how they should go um i mean this is why a lot of coach coaches um ask defenders to defend with their hands behind their back because right. no matter what you're always putting yourself at risk for these scenarios but um yeah it's just um unfortunately if you're especially like by that point um columbus was just inviting so much pressure anyway um you're just it's just kind of going to happen when the union are peppering you because i don't i don't remember like exactly how they ranked last season with penalties called um versus like the rest of the league but it feels pretty high mm -hmm. i mean god's dog have i feel like half his goals last year were penalties <laughs> gonna be the same this year apparently Maybe, yeah, and I mean, I, to to the point, Justin, like, thank God we finally have someone that can convert penalties. We weren't saying yeah. that after MLS Cup, were we? Well, <laughs> well, we uh, have someone we yeah. still have multiple people. Um, it's true because you can't put all of that on him. Of course, of course. I mean, he. I think the. The thing about Carranza and Gazdog for me in this game is both of them showed how confident they're still playing off of last season. And I think it'd be very easy to kind of like, oh, shoot, we lost MLS Cup. Like, yeah, uh, uh, you know, um, but it, it just shows how like, no, 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 we're, we're still here. And we're still going to we're still going to be a force in the league this year. We're not going to, you know, hopefully we're not going to take a step back this year and uh, whatever that, you know, we're going to finish our chances. We're going to, we're going to put the ball in the back of the net. And if you want to beat us, you got to score. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's the union I want to see. And so God's dog, even both of his PKs being same side, essentially same run up, same everything. And he got, uh, granted a 21 year old MLS next pro basic keeper to go the wrong way both times. But just to say, like, hey, I'm not going to switch it up on the second one. I'm going to do the same thing I did the first time because you're still going to dive the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> and put it in the back of the net, I think, is is good to see. And then the fourth goal happened. <laughs> Again, and... if Ernst Tanner calls you and says he wants one of your players for an amount of money... You should probably say no double and it. pay him a double. Um, I. It was funny because you know the the sort of like uh, oh we need a we need a guy that can dribble one on one and um, we need a uh, an Ilskino uh, an Il I don't know an Ilsinio type guy. You want to try that one those. again? No, I'm good. Okay, um, great. And then, like, I, I don't know, I was, I was vaguely skeptical because I was like, I don't know, like, it worked really well without one of those guys. 
Um, and now the police are after me because I said Olsenio's <laughs> name wrong. Ah, uh, yeah, um, Center City Life. Yeah, yeah, what are you yeah. Gonna do? <laughs> um, I was skeptical that we needed a guy like that, but man, I, I guess Joaquin Torres was like, hey, look what I can do. And then obliterated multiple defenders on the way to a great assist to Carranza for the for the finish for the fourth. Yeah, I mean, I... In what is an early contender for Union passage of play of the season, maybe? I don't know. Definitely. And also, this is somewhere where um, the production quality of Apple TV shined. Um, yeah. from them slowing down the replays at the appropriate times mm-hmm. so that you could actually see all of his spin moves on the way to yes. making a pinpoint perfect pass that, like, realistically, if Carranza just screens the goalkeeper, um, that pass on its own probably ends up in the back of the net. <laughs> um, but just, like, just needed the slightest bit of a touch to to go in and really put this game out of sight and like being able to bring that into a game like late just has to be demoralizing when you're already being beaten down by by the union and like and then it's just like well i mean they can like press us and do whatever but like at least the team's not actually good at dribbling like one-on-one and it's like ah that's what you thought boom yeah yeah I mean, there's not much you can really do with that because it really does open up a facet of the game that we we always wanted to see a team like this playing with El Sino on the wing because mm. that really would have been like the most complete thing that we had. And now this feels like the most complete team that the Union have had. And he's actually fit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know what's more impressive, guys, because there's three elements here. Obviously, the spin moves are really cool. Obviously, the pass was perfect. But to hold up, like, the hold-up play of this small man against yes. a tall center back to leverage his body into that move, I just, like, we used to ask that of our strikers all the time, and they couldn't do that kind of hold-up play. Joaquin Torres is not a bruising striker, and he Mm -hmm. still was able to hold his own against Quinton and just make the play happen. And he was only in the game for a minute. Yeah. He doesn't know how strong that guy is. He said, no, you're just not stronger than me. (laughs) I think the thing that probably goes... um maybe unappreciated because of how good everything else was at the end of his second spin move, the little flick of the ball to put it out into space where he has a minute, a second to lift his head and see Carranza make the run. And then he still makes the, like he still got to put the pass on the platter for Carranza. But somehow at the end of that spin move, he just kind of flicks the ball out into a little bit of space where no one's there. And he's just, oh, there's Carranza. Cool. Let me roll it to him uh, as he's streaking toward the net. And so I just, I mean, the whole thing was gorgeous. 
like I said on Twitter, I was cuddling with my dog at that point in the game and almost threw the dog across the room because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do when he scored or like when the ball went in the back of the net. I was like, what in the world just happened? Um, but thankfully, my dog my dog did not get thrown across the room. My dog was well, safe. Yeah. Um, but it was a fun moment for sure. Yeah. So um, a comprehensive 4-1 defeat of the Columbus crew for your Philadelphia Union, which leads us to uh, next weekend. Well, I guess now that would be this weekend. Uh, Saturday, March 4th, 7.30 kick, Inter-Miami um, away. And who knows? Party in the city where the heat is on. Yeah. We could use it up here. I mean, yeah. they don't have messy um, yet, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's when the heat comes. The heat wave comes once Busquets and Messi walk off the plane because MLS has amended the rules for them yet again. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. They beat, they beat Montreal 2 nothing. Some guy that used to be in our academy scored for him. Uh, on a tap in that he almost like missed. that was a weird goal. That was very a very goal. yeah, yeah. But they people, if you didn't use your Apple TV subscription yet, go go check out that goal uh, and yeah, all the go. other action that's available to you. On, I'm all kidding. Right. We're not sponsored by them. I, yeah, I mean, are we? <laughs> Just because Chuck wears the hoodie doesn't mean that they're they're listening to us. Uh, um, I'm recording this on an iPhone right now, and a laser oh has popped up on my head, visual on an audio. There's a red dot on my forehead. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's blinking. I'm getting a call from the police. Steve Ballmer is calling you right now. All right. Uh, I should go. Yeah. Um, yeah, any any thoughts on the Inter-Miami game before the, the schedule starts to get really packed up here in, in the middle of March? Um. I, it will be curious even to just see how the Union line up for this game. Mm. Um, because after the Miami game, there is um, Champions League like that next Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I assume that they're still going to put a full strength lineup out because, like, why wouldn't you this early into the season, especially when yeah. they clearly need rhythm for that Champions League game? Um, but, like, with um Campana out for this game, even with Miami having Martinez, like I'm not very concerned. Um mm. just because it's like worst case scenario, it's a gritty draw, which is fine. Yep. I mean the the tale of the difference between the Philadelphia Union and the Montreal soccer football team club of yep. impact um <laughs> that club team of impact. Um, the Montreal deep impact <laughs> you're describing a strike with a club yes the club yeah. of impact yes yeah, yeah. it's his long oh my D&D weapon that I picked uh, up in our game last week how are they exactly with branding yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, (laughs) I think that the reality is the, the Montreal team pretty much went, uh, crap. We didn't get first in the East. Let's get rid of everybody because why would we keep anybody with our team? (laughs) And the union went, Oh, we got first. We're actually pretty good. We should just, just about keep everybody. Um, and so like did 
Miami actually beat them, or did Montreal just say, "Well, screw well, it, we can't get first place, so like let's not keep anybody." A little um, bit of both. <laughs> so I I don't know. I'm I'm with Chuck. I'm not nervous about this game at all. I mean, I'm always nervous when we play Columbus, kind of no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Miami, I'm not. I think I'm just not so concerned. Yeah, I hope Damian Lowe actually starts. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I mean, you know, rotation. Yeah, I mean, if uh, the game plan shouldn't change, you press them hard, you go get something early, and then you can really rotate the squad later on. Instead, a draw really doesn't do anything for you. It's not like come October, we're going to be like, if only they won that game in Miami, they would be supporting yeah, champions. Um, I'm probably not going to do that, but I'd love to do that voice again. Yeah. Um, it, you can do that every week, I think. I'll, I'll try. There's room, I'll there's try. room for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there shouldn't be any change of plans here. I like that they do their preseason training in Florida. It's not like they're not going to be used to this weather. They just played five games down there using all pretty they? much the same rotation. Yeah, right? The, the blog says redacted everything. At least we have yeah. video evidence because the union don't hate their fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you go down there. Maybe maybe you uh, give Perea a chance in a midfield role of mm-hmm. some kind. Uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, go for yeah, it. If, Do the if, five subs again. Have, have a good time. And, yeah, Champions League, this will be fun. It's going to be a new element to this team, and I'd like to see how they go forward, especially now with Open Cup back, too. Yeah. All right, well. Anybody else have anything before we get out of here? Um, no, it was to a good the start odds to the makers, uh, sorry, Justin, go ahead. I just said it was a good start to the season. It was. Uh, yeah, to the odds makers who are doing the goal scoring odds each week, um, you are overrating Jeremy Raffanello's uh, chances <laughs> at getting a starting spot on this Philadelphia Union team. I just. Don't know what your angle is here. He's a great kid. He's going to be a very good prospect. Um, he's not starting any of these games. Do not put his odds that high. It's going to throw things off. Thank you. I actually, um, that reminds me of a PSA. Um, those who are slandering Leon Flock um, just due to the fact that Jack McGlynn didn't leave for Europe over the summer and yeah. had to settle for a place on the bench because he's an 18-year-old kid. <laughs> um, please, find a hobby. Like, anything. Yeah, go please. outside. Like, Jack McGlynn will get his minutes. It is the first game of the season. Yeah. It was very clear that the Union were going to play everyone who was healthy because the only way that um, he wouldn't would have started that game was if somehow Alejandro Bedoya just came up and said, I'm not feeling it today, which on the first game of the season is not going to happen. Yeah, there's about a 110% chance on Alejandro is going to play every opening game ever. Even if he retires, he'll just, he'll, he will. Yeah, he'll be like, I'll play this one. Who's going to stop him? Who's going to stop him? The walls of the game? He'll just be registered as a player coach in perpetuity. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure Alejandro Bedoya is just pissed off at this point. It's like, okay, you've gotten knocked. Basically, you couldn't play a part in the 
final last year and you got knocked out two years ago by getting COVID or something. So I think he's just pissed off. And he's just gonna he's yeah, gonna he's play just, the whole he's season. He's just ready to he's gonna play the whole season. He's gonna go he's almost ready to ninety play, every game. Yeah. Wouldn't wanna have him any other way. He already had the best defensive season of his career last year and um started off this year with an assist already, so uh picking up where he left off. Now he's ready for the best offensive season of his career. Twenty goals, Alejandro Bedoya. Mm, I'll give him five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that <laughs> That would genuinely be amazing. Union Golden Boot leader, Alejandro Bedoya. Yeah, why not? Gosling already has two goals and two assists on the season, and it's game one. Yeah, and he's not the MVP. But hey, if he hits 20, that means the Union probably score 100. Uh huh. That'd That'd be fun. You think they bring Rave back for one of them? Um. Yes. Is he still on the roster? Uh, he Sensi? absolutely is, Chuck. Which means <laughs> there's always still a chance that my brand is still alive. Ray has still not scored, and he is on that MLS roster. Ray, come <laughs> home. We want to. We, we we would love to have you back in any capacity. Yeah, maybe we, we have an opportunity for you. <laughs> yeah, it's co-host of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he did get minutes. Yep. Indeed, he did. Let's well, there. Of Union we... alumni, Sergio Santos scored the opener. Oh, my yeah, he did. God. And started over Brenner, too. That's so cool. I'm so happy <laughs> for Sergio. <laughs> Any Brazilian will do. Well, but, um, well, actually, I don't know if he got hurt when he got subbed out. You, know, you really okay. never know. You don't know. Because he only played 62 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, good well, start. We should get it. Yeah, yeah, good start. Good start to the season. Good start to the podcast. And uh, at the FTB Pod, tell us how bad we are. Tell us how good the team is. All that fun stuff. Uh, tell us your uh, Stroud podcast ideas. Yep, your Stroud podcast name. <laughs> uh, just hashtag Stroud Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't tell you how okay. to spell it. Misspell it. It's fine. Bye. Bye. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTB Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to DesignTree at dsgntree.com slash VFTB for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash Pod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.